What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome, welcome. This is the Fantasy Alarm Podcast. We are previewing the 2021 NCAA Men's National Tournament. I am joined by the college basketball DFS team. I've got Dan Servadidio, Mike Surrett. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Yeah, not too bad, Dan. Uh, you know, the bracket comes out Sunday, and I've been looking at it ever since. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine you guys are pretty have looked at it a lot closer than I have. Um, it's Monday night, and I still haven't taken a like a real deep look at it. I think I threw together a dummy lineup just so I have something out there. Um, but Mike and Dan, they both cover the college basketball DFS playbooks. Uh, Dan mostly covers it during the week. Mike takes over on the weekends. Um, so <clears throat> anything? So what are we looking at for DFS coverage? Are we still? I know a lot of people mostly. Even the more casual college basketball fans, you know, they jump on board for NCAA tournament, the bracketology, trying to predict the best bracket. Are we still rolling out DFS content this week? And I know it's kind of a weird schedule because this is normally the first first two rounds are usually Thursday through Sunday. This year it's a little different. It's gonna be Friday through Monday. Are we still expecting the same playbook and the same DFS content? Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, I know. From past years, I think we're still trying to wait and see what these DFS sites are gonna do because I know in past years. And we didn't have it to go off last year, but in past years they would split it into like two different slates. So you had that early slate and then the night slate. Um, and some, you know, I think maybe FanDuel or DraftKings, either one, it made an entire day slate also available if you wanted to do that. But I think between, you know, me and Mike, we're, we're going to split up, you know, the early games, the late games, and just, uh, you know, cover them all. I mean... We, you know, we, we, me and Mike have been, both been following these, you know, the, the big schools, obviously, too. But we got these <clears throat> mid-majors to, uh, you know, you know, there's like some best players in the mid-majors that are probably going to be priced really high. So we'll see how it goes. So one more thing, and I feel bad because I didn't put this in, in our podcast notes. Uh, however, the one thing that is so tough with college sports DFS is the lack of injury reports. And especially what we saw in the conference yeah, it's tournaments. terrible. <laughs> yeah. In the conference tournaments, you had teams pulling out of the tournament. So is that still on the table? Do we expect teams to pull out of the national tournament? And, and do they have these teams on standby to kind of step in? If that's the case, I mean, are there are we looking at potential serious, like, you know, uh, superstar players that could miss action? Or I mean, because COVID pulls a team out of out of anything like that like you know, just at a snap so is is that still in play do we feel good about the teams you know getting through the COVID testing this week yeah I mean well so I know we're recording this on Monday night I think mm -hmm. today was the buffer period so I think if a team had to pull out then I think today and I'm if I'm not mistaken then tomorrow uh you know once this you know you guys are listening to this Tuesday and on if a team pulls out then it's gonna be ruled like a no contest so you know, for brackets and stuff. I mean, it's hard to predict all that. Um, I mean, we do know Kansas and Virginia are like the two schools that had to pull out of their conference tournaments. So, uh, because of COVID, and both are probably going to be without um, a player or two for at least maybe one game. I know for Kansas, it's Jalen Wilson is their one of their better players, and he's already out. So, a bit we'll wait and see on Virginia. But I don't know if Mike, you know. You know more. I mean, it's it's hard to prepare that for DFS or for brackets because mm -hmm. as we saw all season, Mike Mike and me have been <laughs> well into it. You got players ruled out at the last second, or or you know not even on the injury report, and they're just not warming up, and you don't right. know if they're hurt or not. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Virginia. I was I was watching some coverage today. 
They don't plan to fly out until like Thursday or Friday or Thursday for their. I believe they're playing the the Saturday game at night. Um, so, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, David McCormick was another guy that was involved in the tracing, but they said that he would be ready, uh, and they plan on traveling down later this week. Um, but yeah, Wilson uh, McCormick and another guy um, are all still uh, on campus before going uh, to the tournament. I mean, so what they decided to do was the the four teams that didn't make it are, like, on standby. And like you said, there's that deadline. Um, and I, I think Virginia, like, they're not – they don't know yet. They're going to kind of wait to the as long as they can possibly drag it out before deciding on whether or not they're all going to go. So, yeah, they're just like, we're, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, so that would put in Louisville, um, as Louisville was named, like the last four team in, or the last the team that didn't make the cut, rather. So it'll be interesting, man. All but right. hopefully w- w- with the tournament, you know, more media coverage, the injury stuff you'll probably hear a lot more about than your Saturday afternoon, Saturday noon tip game. So we hope, right? <laughs> that's the hope. <laughs> um, before we dive into strategies, take a look at the field. Um you know, advice for building brackets. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want some additional help with your brackets, head on over to wageralarm.com. Uh, we have the ultimate brackets cheat sheet for the 2021 tournament. Head on over to wageralarm.com. It's only five bucks. Get it. Uh, this podcast will will help you with some strategies, but the cheat sheet will cover all 68 teams, the top bust candidates, the top 10 guards, the players need to watch the favorites, contenders, the dark horses, the Cinderella teams. They will have all of that. This this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, the cheat sheet is everything under the surface. Um, but with that being said, uh, let's just dive into some strategies real quick before we break down the field. You know, um, <clears throat> I've got some questions. You know, I've I've found in recent years that sometimes, like, uh, I don't get a, like con- contrarian enough. I don't really maybe look at as many double-digit dig- seeds. So I guess the big thing is, you know, what is your best advice for the Final Four, especially this year? You know, should we avoid taking all one seeds? I know that's something that rarely happens. I want to say maybe the last time it happened was 2008, unless it's happened more recently. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure the exact year, but, I mean, yeah, it's – maybe we'll get, you know, one or two um, that make a run. It's it's rarely just all chalk, though. I mean – it's it so it's smart to not go all ones. I know that's like the, you know, once you when you're filling it out and you're like, oh, this team's better than this team. This team's better than this team. So it's it's hard not to go with a one in the final four and in, in, in all the regions. But it's smart not to. Um, you know, and this year it's you know we got Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and uh, Illinois is the ones. I mean, you, and you can look at the bracket and kind of you know pick and choose. I mean, some of them have easier, easier paths than others, um, but we, we've seen every year. I mean, teams get upset. Um, one seeds lose to nine seeds. <laughs> you know, one seeds lose to four seeds. It happens every year. So I think it's smart to, to go away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, Dad, on a, I think this year, Gonzaga and Baylor clearly, you know, set themselves away from the pack uh, for the rest of the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, they look, both of those teams look pretty dynamic. You know, you look at Gonzaga, they got Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy, uh, Corey Kespert, um, you know, the list goes on for them. They're really a loaded team. Um, 
And then you look at Baylor. I think Baylor has probably one of the best backcourts I, I could remember in a while. I mean, you look at uh, Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell, those two guys are like clones of each other. Um, and then, you know, you got Macy Teague as well, draining threes. So, um, you know, I kind of think maybe this could be a year where you get three ones, but definitely not all four ones. No chance. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next question I had is, sh- should your bracket probably have one or two double-digit seeds reaching the Sweet 16? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's another thing that seems to happen every year. Um Picking the right one is really hard, though, because, I mean, I know I personally, I seem to always get it wrong. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be smart and pick this one, you know, this 12 seed to go all the way to the Sweet 16. Um, and it ends up being a different 12 seed, you know. So it's, you know, it, there's there's teams, especially this year, that are in the, the three, four, five seed lines that are prone to uh, getting upset. I mean, we, we talked about Virginia and that situation with their COVID, uh, recent COVID positive tests. And we, we mentioned, we don't know what players are going to be there. You know, same thing with Kansas. I mean, and Virginia is getting a late start in the week of actually traveling. Um, and, they, they, you know, they're facing Ohio in that first round. I mean, that's definitely a game they could lose, you know. So that's that's one to just to name them. But, like, all the, you know, the 5-12 matchups, you always got these 12 seeds that are – that have a chance to pull out the upset. So, I mean, you know, Sweet 16 is hard to predict for a double digit, uh, obviously, but, I mean, it, it happens every year where some double digit, uh, it's just picking the right one, is, is going to make a run. Yeah, I mean, the the five twelve game, the last time we had an NCAA tournament, the 12 swept. Um, <laughs> and that's always been a popular pick going 12 over 5. Um and I just think, you know, the last tournament we saw, they sweep. You look at this bracket, it's like the selection committee wants that to happen again almost. I mean, you look at some of these games. Yeah. You know, Georgetown's hot winning the Bees tournament. Uh, there are 12 going against a good, very good Colorado team, but certainly a team that, that could be beat. Winter uh, gets Nova, and Nova's pretty beat up. Right. Everyone's expected Nova – that's uh, the bo- that everyone's out. gonna have that in their bracket, by the way. <laughs> uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Colin Gillespie leaving, uh, tearing his MCL rather, huge loss for Nova. You know, they play Providence, who, who I cover for, for a blog of my own. Um, their first game without Gillespie and looked lost. And on top of that, they lost Justin Moore in that game. Uh, and PC, ugh, like they had a really up and down year. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like that, that's how bad it is. That, that's my point. Uh, uh, and, and well, Georgetown, I mean, so Georgetown's the, uh, a 12 there and they, you know, they beat uh, Villanova in that big East tournament, but right. the Georgetown's been like all over the place this year. I mean, they play teams tough, but it, you know, the fact that they wouldn't be in this field if they didn't make a run and win the, the conference title, obviously. So, like, but they're another team, as you mentioned, them and Oregon State, you know, their other 12 seeds, you know, rode the uh, the Pac-12 uh, title run. And, and uh, I will say the Pac-12 isn't as strong uh, this year as, like, you know, say the Big the Big 12 or Big 10. But, 
Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, any of these teams, you just get hot. And by the way, Winthrop, I mean, like 23-1 and one this year. Obviously, they're playing in the smaller conference, but... I mean, I always say with these teams, it's like they there's something to be said for like teams that just come in and and they usually dominate every game and they're coming in like they don't care if they're playing Villanova or whatever, put out whatever team in front of them. They're they're coming to win. I mean, that's that's something you got to keep in mind for any of these uh, mid majors in here that won, you know, 20 plus games this year. All right. So we've talked about the 12 seeds. What about the 14 or the 15 seed teams? You know. We've only seen, uh, what was it, one 16 seed upset the one seed. Uh, what's uh, I know the likelihood of a, of a 15 over a two, uh, it's not high. It's happened, uh, I think it's happened like a couple years ago. It had like two 15 seeds upset a pair of two seeds. Uh, do, uh, do we maybe have a bracket this year where we see a 14 or 15 seed make it to the second round? I'll, I'll let Mike go first. That's a, yeah, <laughs> that's a bold mean, prediction. Yeah. Because, I mean, I believe it's only happened eight eight times total uh, that a 15 went over a two. Um, but, you know, we you, you look at, at the 15s now, I think Cleveland State intrigues me um, just because Houston, you look at that Houston team, they're very undersized. Um, and, and that could be a problem for them. Um, you know, Iona with Rick Pitino. I mean – He's got loads of experience. So, and you got an Alabama team that's kind of just all of a sudden here. So, um, that could be interesting. But me personally, I don't think I'm taking it this year. I'm not taking the bait. All right. Well, go ahead. Just to go quick on that, I mean, Kansas is a three seed. They're playing uh, Eastern Washington. I mean, Eastern Washington isn't strong, but we're we're talking about this whole COVID situation. If they're if all of a sudden Kansas is without, you know. That we know they're not going to be without Jalen Wilson. They're arguably their best or second best player. Um, if they're if all of a sudden you know Wednesday comes and they're without two or three guys, more guys, um, you know who knows. So that that's like something to keep an eye on. All right. Uh, before we actually discuss some of the teams in the field, uh, let's talk about the teams that didn't make the field. Were there any snubs that kind of surprised you, or that you know everyone's kind of the conventional wisdom that everyone is a little surprised that they didn't make it? Uh, are there any teams that did make it that you thought maybe should have like been left off? Uh, I mean, I'll I'll go first real quick. I mean, the first four of Michigan State, UCLA was a bit surprising that those two schools were picked to be the first four matchup. Uh, and because then you got you know the other at large teams that just made it in off the bubble, um, Utah State, Syracuse, you know, are not in that game. When I, I think it probably should be flipped, you know, for those eleven seeds all there. I mean, Michigan State, UCL. I thought Michigan State was comfortably in, but it seems like they just barely made it in. Um, so I think that's interesting. And then the winner of that gets BYU in the first round. I mean, that's that's like one if you're you're trying to go contrarian or maybe just pick a hot team. Um, you know, we, it seems like a first four team always wins uh, their second game too. So that's like something to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. I, for me, I'm not. I felt like a lot of teams did their best, you know, best impression of trying not to make the tournament towards the end of the year. Um, you look at that Louisville team. They they only they beat Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. Those were their only two wins over tournament teams. Um, Granted, they didn't play a ton of games, but, I mean, to me, that's not very deserving. And if you think about it, Georgia Tech, the Georgia Tech team that they beat on February 1st, a lot different than the Georgia Tech team that's playing right now. 
So for Louisville to be the first team out, that's not that strong, in my opinion. Um, but I will say I was very surprised Wichita State got in, to be honest. Um, the American has not been that good. Um, you know, first of all, credit their coach for getting them there after Greg Marshall steps down like days before the season even starts. So credit credit to those guys. But it, I, I you look at their resume, they're 16-5, and five, but nothing really jumps off the page. I would have maybe gone maybe Ole Miss. Um, Devontae Schuler was, was you know, having those guys play tough. I believe they made the SEC semis, I believe, before getting bounced. Yeah. Uh, they thought they might have been in, and, and they missed. But they were listed as the last of the first four out. So they were behind other teams. I, I Really, that's the one team I think that could have maybe deserved, has some legit beef for not getting in. Yeah. And real quick, just to uh, piggyback off that, it was the team that Colorado State was one of those teams that got left out, and Utah State got in, and uh, you know both from the uh, Mountain West. Um, I mean, it would have been. I mean, it was that was just a matter of Utah State going farther in the conference tournament, which was going on, you know, the day of and the day before um, the the selection Sunday. So it's like you know, if Colorado State wins one more game um, and gets further in the tournament than Utah State, then that's flipped, and we got Colorado State in the bracket, but that's not the case. So, All right, let's pivot to Gonzaga. Uh, number one overall seed, phenomenal year. Uh, they This isn't really new to them. They've been the number one seed before. Um, just seems like, is the road really that easy for them to get to the Final Four? Is it is it really their opportunity and, like, how botchable is this? Is the path that the the tournament selection committee has given them? I I would say it's not that botchable um, in terms of getting to a final four. Um, having said that, I think there's going to be so a ton of pressure on Gonzaga, man. I mean, they're trying to be the first team since the uh, Indiana Hoosiers in the '70s to have a perfect undefeated season with national championship. Um, that's a ton of pressure. Now, I will say this team dominated non-conference schedule, and they played a loaded non-conference schedule. So, you know, I think, one, they're very talented, but but I do think the pressure, that might get to them. That That is – that's what could slip them up more so than the teams in their side of the bracket. In my Didn't opinion. Kentucky go undefeated a couple of years ago, back in, like, 2015? Uh, that was the platoons year, but they didn't win at all. Yeah, uh, they got they lost. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, with Gonzaga, it's – so in their <laughs> – yeah. In their bracket, by the way, you know, they got Iowa as the number two seed in that bracket, um, and they beat Iowa earlier this year. I mean, it, but that game was, you know, it was high scoring. It was kind of tight at times. Um, and if that ends up being a rematch, you know, say in the Elite Eight um, – I mean, who says Iowa can't beat them this time? I mean, and that'll be an Iowa team that's you know it's kind of on the roll on a roll at the end of the regular season and um, would would have won you know three or four straight games. So it's like I think that matchup would be interesting for Gonzaga if it eventually got there. But you know, even in the second round though, they have to face the winner of Oklahoma Missouri. You know, both power conference teams that played a you know tougher schedule than Gonzaga did overall, like. You know, in conference play going into the tournament, so 
that that game too. It's just gonna that's gonna be. I mean, I'm definitely watching that one because who knows? Um, and we've seen you know these Gonzaga teams are always good every year, but that second matchup is one they've lost a couple times. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I do think when I looked at the bracket, I was like, oh man, that that's really gonna stink for OU because they got a pretty damn good team. Um, and yeah, Missouri at a nine seed is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Iowa. You got Luca Garza. Who? I mean, Servo. Have you ever seen a daily fantasy player as good as Sam? <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, he makes the playbook every time. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's had to publish the playbook sometimes, it, you've eventually like you, you have to avoid using Garza so many times as the featured player in the image. <laughs> um, now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, is there a one seed that which one seed do you think has the toughest road to get to the Final Four? Um, I mean, for me, I think I think Illinois. Um, I mean, I really like Illinois as a team, and and going into the bracket, I thought they had a chance to win it all, but their draw is tough. I mean. They get the winner of Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech in the second round, um, which Loyola Chicago's you know tough team and they're they're better than an eight seed in my opinion. Um, and the met you know all the advanced metrics and ratings love them. So, I mean they got they, that could be a tough game. But even if they end up facing Georgia Tech, that means they get a Georgia Tech team that just went through the ACC tournament to win and now is you know beating a good Loyola Chicago team. Um, and the, as Mike had mentioned earlier, I mean, they're a better team now than they used to be at the beginning, you know, middle of the season. Um, so that's a tough test. But even if Illinois gets past that, you get, you know, either Tennessee, Oklahoma State, you know, and then eventually San Diego State, West Virginia, Houston, all good teams that they would have to get through, uh, you know, compared to like we just mentioned, Gonzaga's bracket, just a little bit softer. So, I yeah, I think Illinois has got a tough road. Mike? Yeah, I'm going to go on the other side of you towards the east bracket. I think Michigan has a tough road, but I would agree Illinois does too. But I do think Michigan, if you look at the side of the east region, you got, you know, in my opinion, the best three seed and the best four seed in Florida State and Texas. Um, Texas the three, Florida State the four. I think that's a pretty tough road. Um, And then you also look at, you got UConn in that section. People were talking about James Booknight possibly putting the team on his back and making a run. Um, so I think Michigan, and the thing about them is they don't really have that that guard that can you know create space and get a basket for himself. They, they really don't. I mean, Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner is a very good player, um, and he's kind of like that hybrid guard forward type player. But they don't have that guard that that can create offense for himself. So you weren't impressed by I, I Mike Smith in the Big Ten tournament. Road. What was that? You weren't that impressed by Mike Smith in the Big Ten tournament. Certainly, Mike Smith did have have a monster game, but in turn, I, I just feel the last like they play don't of their possession that. against Ohio State was just mind numbing. <laughs> I couldn't believe like yeah. they pull off a great comeback to get within one point. And then Juwan Howard just opts to like put the ball in Smith's hands, and like they don't even attempt to get the ball in the paint. And he takes like a step back three. I was I was losing my mind over that. Yeah, they don't have a guard that's going to be able to do that. And then on top of that, they lost Isaiah Liver. So I think um, I, I think it's a pretty tough road for 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 Michigan. And you look at that um, their eight nine game in, in their side is LSU St Bonaventure. 
Um, LSU, Dan, you know from writing the, the playbooks, they have tons of – they have like four dudes that are just stat stuffers. Uh, Cam Thomas is an unbelievable freshman averaging like 22 points a game. Uh, that, then you got Trenton Watford down low who's just an NBA player <laughs> just still in college. He could have left last year. He's decided to stay. So Yeah, they yeah, almost beat Alabama – they almost beat Alabama in the SEC title game, and uh, it's interesting to see them in the same bracket as Alabama now. But yeah, I mean that they uh, that matchup, if it happens, could easily. I mean LSU just gets going with their offense and, and makes it a fast-paced game, then Michigan could be in trouble. Yeah, I mean I, I don't disagree with <laughs> Michigan having a tough road for sure. LSU can't defend, but uh, if they can get past no, they that, can. <laughs> they can score more than they give up, right? Uh. All right, let's get to some personal preferences as we uh, kind of start to wrap this up. Uh, each of you, who is your Sweet 16 sleeper or Cinderella team to monitor that could make a deep run? Um, Mike, do you want to go first with this, or you want me to take it? Uh, you can go for it. Okay. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I don't really have Cinderella that's going to go super, super far, to be honest, but... Well, what are your thoughts? I yeah, I well, I got one. Um, I think North Texas. Um, uh, you know they're facing Purdue in the first round. I think Purdue's beatable, and we've seen Purdue lose a couple of uh, you know games in the first round before in recent years. Um, if they beat Purdue, then they get the you know winner of Villanova Winthrop, and you know whether it's Winthrop upsetting Villanova or Villanova, you know, just surviving and getting on. I think Villanova is going to lose eventually anyway. Um, you know, North Texas, that team that could, you know, reel off a couple wins, then they'll get Baylor probably lose, but uh, they're, they're one team. I'll just throw one more is Ohio. They're playing Virginia. I, you know, I mentioned Virginia just dealing with the, the COVID situation and Virginia just, I mean, you know, Mike, they're, the slow pace, the offense just struggles to score sometimes. I hate watching it um, as like a college fan, and they're the perfect team. And we saw, you know, they lost when they lost to UMBC. If they get down early, I mean, it's hard for them to just come back and, and rally. Ohio is a team that that, that can uh, light up the scoreboard, plays fast, and the from the MAC, um, you know, gets the auto berth, but you know, in a high scoring game with Buffalo, where they where they lit it up, and it, you know, so I'm saying Ohio, you know, if they get past them, and then. You know they get the Creighton US uh, UC Santa Barbara winner who you know that's a possible upset you know that five twelve so Ohio's another team that could win a couple games. So I, I got one for you, and the reason why I couldn't think of it was because they're not typically a Cinderella, but I think, and this pains me to say because I hate Syracuse, but I'm gonna go Syracuse as an oh eleven. Um, <laughs> you look at Buddy Beheim. Um, Quincy Garrier and Alan Griffin, that's a pretty good three-headed monster. And on top of that, you got um, the zone defense. You know, uh, Brian Dutcher, he was on ESPN earlier today. He was saying that he, they've probably seen zone once all year. So um, <laughs> not many teams play zone against them because they can shoot it really well. Um, I will say Syracuse's defense hasn't been the typical Syracuse defense, and, and that does worry me. But if you look at their game against San Diego State, um, and then they would draw West Virginia, another tough game. But Beheim's done this before, where he's had a team that wasn't expected to do much. That team that went to the Final Four 
some thought shouldn't even gotten into the tournament to begin with. And you look at that team that they had Tyler Lydon, um, and um, oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but it, it reminds me of, of of the pair that they got now with with uh, with Beheim and, and Gurrier. Um, so I think Syracuse can, can certainly make a run. All right, last question for me. Uh, it's the one everyone loves to do. Uh, you'll see plenty of people posting on Twitter. Uh, final four predictions, and who do you have cutting down the nets in a few weeks? Um, I, so I haven't fully got into the bracket. Um, like, I, you know, I'll I'll definitely this will change for me. But um, <laughs> uh, I I'll, I'll just get I'm gonna give two of my final fours because I, I don't I I want to dive more into it. Um, totally I do fine. think. You know, it's chalky, but I, I think Gonzaga gets there. I think they'll get I, – I, I don't have them winning, but I, I do think Gonzaga gets to the Final Four. Um, and then one of my f- other Final Fours is uh, it's in – you know, it's it's always tough to, like, project, the, you know, what matchups could be there. But I I just love this Oklahoma State team, and, and it's because of Cade Cunningham. I, they almost just won the Big 12 ch- uh, championship, and – you know they they played Texas tough, um, and maybe you know if they played today they would win that game, and I think Oklahoma State you know if they win they get Tennessee in the second round possibly, I you know Tennessee's shaky I, they could win that and then as I mentioned Illinois could get knocked off in their second round, um, or they're playing Illinois I mean that's a tough matchup obviously but I'm I just love the run Oklahoma state's gone on. Um, and I think they're probably a little underseated at, at number four. I think they, they probably should have been a three. Um, and if they win the big 12 championship, which was only a few points away, they, they might even be a two. So, uh, I'll go Oklahoma state to get there. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Oklahoma state too. Um, I think as the year gone on, not only has Kate Cunningham elevated his game, but the guys around him too. Um, Avery Anderson the third is kind of come out of nowhere as that that yeah. second guard that can light it up. Um, you know the, the Boone brothers at the forward; that those are good players. Um, so Fun team to watch. yeah, I think that team's definitely trending in the right direction for sure. Um, for my final four, you know, I. I think I'm gonna do it, Dan. I, th- I think I'm going three ones. Oh, no, he's once. doing it. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, you know, I love Iowa. I want to ride Iowa all the way to the title game. And Luca Garza, believe me. But uh, you know that the thing about that game, that game was competitive, but it was like any time Iowa tried to get close, Gonzaga was like, okay, uh, we're just gonna extend this lead a little bit. Yeah, and it was amazing. Like. I was got one of the best offenses in the country yet Gonzaga, you know, one up them in that one. Um, so I, I think Iowa and Gonzaga will meet again. I think it'll be a very fun game, but I think Gonzaga will, will pull it off and make the final four. Um, in the East, here's my surprise. I, I got Texas. You look at what Texas has been able to do this year. They go to the Maui Invitational. They win that tournament. They go to the big 12 conference tournament. They win that tournament. Uh, Matt Coleman the third. Something about tournaments this year with him. He's just been unbelievable um, in, in in that tournament setting, and I look for that to continue. Um, like I said, I think Michigan's got a tough tough road in the East, and with Texas, you know, Courtney Ramey 
uh, Coleman. Um, th- those guys have, have been through the ringer at Texas, uh, and they've had up and they, they've seen plenty of downs. Um, but now they're playing, you know, like one of the best teams in the country, and I certainly think they can make a run. Shock has done it before. Shock is smart yeah. in March. Is uh, that's the, yeah. It's a smart pick, yes. <laughs> um, and then on the other side, I, I, I like Baylor in Illinois. I really do. Um, just because, again, Baylor's guards, one of my favorite backcourts in, the, uh, in college basketball for a long time. Uh, maybe going back to that Villanova one with like Kyle Lowry, uh, Mike Nardi, and uh, Alan Ray. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like it. And then Illinois, you look at it, they get – they probably have one of the best guards in the country in Io Sumo. And on top of that, you throw in Kofi Coburn, who's just an absolute monster. Like, he's a beast. And I think they also have a, a very good supporting cast. Andre Curbelo is shown flat. He was great in that final game um, in the Big Ten Championship. And and Trent Frazier's another guy that, that that's really good as well. So, um yeah, those are my three. Three ones and a three. All right, guys. Good stuff. Love to hear it. A uh, couple more plugs just before we wrap things up. Uh, we are running a bracket challenge on wageralarm.com. Head on over there. Uh, just uh, wageralarm.com. You will see it at the top of the page. Create a login. Enter $1,000 to first place for the best bracket. Uh, $100,000 bonus if you have a perfect bracket. Um, so I'll be in it. Mike and Dan, they'll both be in it. Uh, and lastly, uh, we have created a new Discord channel uh, specifically for this tournament. We're kicking it off, a, a new channel, just a different way for the FA Nation to get involved, uh, ask the experts their own questions. Um, so we're starting it and we're kicking it off with the NCAA tournament. So definitely sign up, join, get in on the action. I'll be in it all week leading up until Friday's games, answering questions. Uh, Mike, Dan, thank you guys so much for your time. Best of luck to you and best of luck to your brackets this week. 